our thanks to our guest today, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, as we were able to uh, remember our good friend, Jeff Dickerson, one year after he lost his battle with colon cancer. You can read Kevin Fishbane on The Athletic as well and follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Thank you to Jake Cantu and Randy Merkin on the other side of the glass and Barstool Chief and I. This was a lot of fun. Let's hand it over now to Carmen and Sylvie. Like, is this 1989 or 90 or something oh, like that? I was in junior high in 1989. Oh, come on, you guys. Come on. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to make everyone else as old as I am these days. Good luck. Like, Lord. <laughs> you got to slow down. Uh, I was, uh... A wee lad at Washington Junior High School in Naperville in 19. All right. What year did you guys do uh, the nighttime uh, show together? Like, well, we started probably like between weekends and nights, like 02 to about 0. When did Waddle get here? 07? Right. Probably like 02 to 07. Right. And then remember, we had the midday show. That's what yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember yeah. yes. the midday. Yeah. After yep. Mariotti. Yes. yes. But it all started with one show a week on Saturdays. Is that like right? Peggy was doing that show, okay. and then Peggy left for bigger and better. And no, like, oh. I had kids. I had my oh, twins. Maybe, maybe that's, that's what it was. That's that is bigger, 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 bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Peggy, had, Peggy had the twins. She, she leaves, and they're like, eh, put Silverman in there with that other schlub. <laughs> like, bigger and better, I had twins. Yeah. <laughs> that, was it. that was the point after. The point after. Right. The point after, yeah. that's yeah. right, yeah. I know. So Wait, great. you just brought up Mariotti. Do you know, oh, he's, he's still around doing stuff? Where? In San I Francisco, saw something. Right? Really? Yeah, he like writes for like you have to pay to to read it. He made he oh. tried making a splash on you know there were some headlines that came out and I was like Jay Mariotti I didn't even know he was still I feel around. Like this is like a Creed thoughts backslash dot you know yeah, like an internal exactly document what it only. Seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so fun to have you guys back together doing this. Yeah, and fun. Yeah, two Jay, days, two days. Jay was always good to me, and then we had we had one falling out. Where I took the opposite opinion on Amaglia Ordonia's White Sox story, mm. where I sided with the White Sox over some like knee. There was some was sort of a, they, there was a knee story, and I sort of sided with the White Sox. That's why they let him go to Detroit. Uh, right. Remember, and, they were very worried. And back, you got to remember, this is post This is 04. right? So this was when like they, they were going to Germany to do those right. experiments. Yeah. Like, exactly. It was very new, and they were like, yeah. "What? No he, way! Yeah. And we so can't I, sign him." I sided with the White Sox on this one, and he he claimed that I was siding with the White Sox. Because we were the White Sox station. Mm. Oh, God. And he left You're compromised. Me a- You're compromised. And, and, he, said, and he left me. A, he was notorious for leaving voicemails. Okay. For other people. And then he left me several voicemails. Uh, MFing me. Oh, yeah. Uh, about mm. taking the side and with Reinsdorf. And, like, it was just my opinion. And it had nothing to do. Like, of course not. Carmen, yeah. Carmen and I would later experience when, yeah. like, we, we when we had Jerry on mm-hmm. and, and, and we felt the wrath of Jerry. Oh. Like, we never had an opinion based on whether we were the sock station or not. Never. We still it was don't. just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. We spent all year killing them, and rightfully so, damn it. We're the sock station. <laughs> <laughs> we spent the entire year. You're eviscerating them, but they deserve it. It's so funny because there isn't really anyone that is that outrageous like Mariotti was, um, or it doesn't feel like it in any any form of media in Chicago. There's just a lot of real negative people. <laughs> just negative Our people. There's a lot of negative, negative people. Peggy. I mean, think about the situation we're in right now. 
It's ugly. It I is know. ugly. Across the board, it's ugly. 2025 is going to be great. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> I, I fingers oh, really? crossed. You're skipping, so you're skipping so I'm, a couple. I'm out on 2023 and 2024. Wow, okay. 2025 is when I think the Cubs, Hawks, and Bears should all kind of be maybe, good at the same time. Maybe even 2024 for the Bears. I could maybe I, I'm like, with you on that, too. Yeah. Paint the picture that in 2024, yeah. the Bears. Yeah. Like, if Fields is as good as we hope here, right? Like, if he keeps getting better. Maybe by 2024, the Bears are an 11 win team going to the uh, playoffs. People, national. You don't even have to be an 11 win team. That's true. You could be like the Brady and the Bucks and win seven. Seriously, yeah. It does feel like the division might be there for the taking, too. If if, Rodgers is gone, you know, you never, you know, so maybe it is nine wins get you where you need to go. I hope they're better than that. Have you guys talked about the report uh, from Pro Football Talk regarding? Brady and Sean Payton teaming back up. I have not. To go back no. to New Orleans. Wow. <laughs> so, so remember, remember the original report was Miami, Miami was going to get Brady and Payton to go to Miami. Yep. And now with maybe the Chargers maybe keeping Staley, with him possibly having no interest in going to Denver, and with some of the other spots like him having no interest, would he go back to New Orleans and would Brady want to go with him? I think that might be a winner. I think that's of all the options we've talked about in the last couple of days, Peggy, with, yeah. with Sean Payton. I think Brady in New Orleans is the place. Wow, that is so. Well, don't have to worry about the compensation for there you go you know, right. signing yeah. him. Yep. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, why would why would he want Tom Brady at this point? I mean, uh, it sounds like a nice story, but. Why be, would you want Tom Brady right now? Because he'd be better than Andy Dalton yes. and Jameis Winston. <laughs> right. And Russell Wilson. Or the, or the other guy. Yeah. Well, who's the uh, fullback? Taysom Hill. Yeah. Taysom Hill. I, mean, yeah. please. That, I think that's probably why. He'd probably just figure, like, I could squeeze a couple good years out of Brady. We could draft a quarterback, which they would do. And yeah. he would, de- you know, And he would try to develop one. I suppose that that, that would be it. And, then the, and the other wild one is that Belichick and he will, yeah. like, I doubt it, but if you I'm made, Belichick, you made the bitter beer face. Sylvie made that. bitter yeah, beer yeah, face yeah. right there. <laughs> he can't have cold weather. He's got to be like yeah. indoors. Uh, right. be, yeah. You could be right about that. Yeah. At this point, the, the cold might prevent that. Belichick would probably kill for it at this point. Oh, He'd be yeah. like, damn it, I still have a great defense. And Mac How Jones is, is my quarterback. Belichick? Yeah. 60, Almost 70, right? 68, I think. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Here, I'll look. Hold he's on. about my dad's age. He, yeah, because there's a, that's what that's why they're all talking about. Will he be back next year? Is he you know on his way out? He's seventy, you guys. Yeah, okay. He turned, yeah. Se- he turned seventy-one in the spring, so next year he'll be coaching. His se- he'll be seventy-one years old. He's got to find a coordinator. Well, like, that's yeah. true that, too. What I a mean, massive what a fail! Oh, what a massive oh, fail! His coordinators were. How do you take a bad defensive coordinator and then make him your offensive, offensive coordinator? coordinator. Two, two of them. Yeah. Joe what? Judge, too. Joe what? Judge. Yeah, yeah, like a failed special teams coach turned head coach, a failed defensive coordinator, failed head coach. I'll make him my offensive it coordinator. It is so what? strange that none of his guys, his entire tree, nobody has been successful, unless you count Vrabel and, and Saban. Like that, those are the only guys. And yeah, Vrabel's the one. Like I'm in Vrabel. Yeah. But, it, but he was never a coach under him. No, he was that's just true. a player. Right. Right. So, that's a good point. Yeah. It's very, very odd. Little, like, yeah, Bill the O'Brien rumor there is that Bill O'Brien's yeah, going Bill back O'Brien to be back. the coordinator. Okay. That makes and sense. Maybe may the successor, too. Now, that's a different story. But that would make sense with Bill O'Brien coordinator. I could see him calling plays. If you hire Bill O'Brien, you just have to get a GM, too. 
Yeah, because that was I thought oh, yeah. he was an Badly. okay coach, but his trades really Badly. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, what why why not just move up and and have Belichick move into the general manager's role and hand over the coaching duties. I think you could make an argument that Belichick's not that great of a GM. Yeah. I think you could. Yeah. Although he does he maybe this is more because he coaches them up well, but he does do pretty good on defense when you think about it. Yeah. And it's not always yes. drafting, but it's just like they find guys, man. They I do. mean, they Ryan yeah. all, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And his defense is still good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like he he like he legit can still devise game plans that are as good as anybody defensively and he knows how to like he gets good play out of guys that they find everywhere. Yeah, I, I do feel like there were some years on defense. On defense, but yeah. even when when Brady was maybe at the peak of his powers, it was the defense that was kind of holding them back for some of those years. So I wonder. It, it does feel like he's got it going on defense now. No. Maybe Brady just goes back there. That's what I mean. Like what, <laughs> put Brady back in New England. There's no way though. Yeah. You're right. He's got to stay somewhere warm. He's not going back to that. Then, no way. And then the indoors. And think about yeah. like the Saints are always that team that always gave him trouble. Yeah. That Saints defense. Allen, Dennis Allen. Believe, go figure. Yeah. He's giving yeah. him a lot of trouble. So maybe they would stay in the division. Then he could beat up on a bad Tampa team for a couple of years. That's interesting though. And like beat that's up on Carolina. Yep. Wow. Hey, listen, Carolina might that that that, that division stinks that too. Stinks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Atlanta. Stay in that Atlanta division. Going anywhere? I mean, uh, all those, all of those teams have quarterback questions. Like nobody I, has their nobody. guy for the future. I like Desmond Ritter, but I mean, who knows? I like Desmond Ritter when he was playing in, in, in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, like that's a big difference than playing yeah. in the NFC South. Marshall the on the other side I mean, of the yeah, field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's not playing Tulane. I mean, right. so I don't know. Like I love Desmond Ritter in college, but who knows? I yeah. mean. That, that's a, there's a lot of questions be, in that division. Yeah. It's so hard to find a quarterback, as we know here. Yes. They've been doing it for trying to do it for 25 years. So yes, it is. I think the mediocrity at quarterback has made the NFL so much more exciting. I, I mean, any team can win any week. It's crazy. It's like it's better when the NFL is bad than when the NFL is really good with dominant teams. There's a lot of parity for I, sure. I'm surprised teams haven't just tried to go counterculture and just be like, "We're not even go for a quarterback. Right? We're going to find like <laughs> we're going to run the wishbone. Like, <laughs> we're going to run two tight ends. We're going to draft linemen the first five rounds. Yeah, and we're just going to pound it down your throat until you know. We, go back to old school. We'll yeah, just run and, it, run and it if down everybody's your running five DBs and yeah. you come out with with a yeah. heavy package habitually, I think that it's like you might be able to be at least average and competent getting the playoffs when all these other teams are trying to throw it 50 I, times a you game. You know, Chief, I always said that with baseball, where every team is going for home run, strikeout, walk. Yeah. Like, you just get a bunch of just... Uh, 1982 yeah. uh, Cardinals. Yeah. 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 You build the Cardinals yeah. team. Yeah. You know, Tommy guys who put the ball yeah. in play, steal bases. Well, the See, Warriors like, kind of did that. So, so yeah, the Warriors did that, yeah. kind of. Yeah, just contact you to death. That yeah. means your middle infield hits five total home runs. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Nicky, two strikes would have a spot <laughs> oh, in that yeah. team. It'd be perfect, Sylvie. Yeah. Isn't that the Cubs? Isn't that the Cubs? Cubs <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Now they got up the middle. You got yeah. Dansby. You're all right. He strikes out a lot, though. Yeah. And, well, and they Bellinger all strike, strike out a lot yeah, now, yeah. though. I yeah. mean, they just do. Peggy, here's what I want to know from you since I have a yeah. chance to talk to you. What was your uh, Yurko experience like hosting post game with him? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Wait, <laughs> you know I'm still hosting with him, all right? Let's <laughs> because, like, I think you still you get him in good moods, but I, like we see him on Monday, oh. and he is such a pain in the ass yeah. on Mondays because he's so damn tired. Okay, 
Well, first of all, I'm not tiring him out. Can no. we just like well, say no, no, that? No, no, That's a fact. You. <laughs> it's not you. I mean, he gets tired going from the house to Munster Donuts. He's exhausted. So I don't <laughs> okay, it's not I'm going to tell you. I, I actually, I actually had said to Carmen after our first Bears game, our post game show, I kind of pulled Carmen aside. I'm like, hey, I go, I, I did the game with Yurko, man. I, 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 give me some tips on working with him because, you know, I'm used to. As a reporter, I have a my I am in a routine when I watch a game. First of all, I log every play and I listen. I have one ear on the radio broadcast and the other ear on the television broadcast. You. Wow. And You're- I put I have a whole list of notes like going in some some pregame storylines, maybe some trends to keep an eye on, maybe some records that could be broken, things like that. So I'm like I like I've got a whole like control room in front of me and in comes Yurko and he's like uh, he barely watches the game and he's talking the whole time and I'm like trying to pay attention and 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 he's like like during the World Cup he's he's watching the World Cup on his phone he's not even watching the Bears game and then then like he'll look up and be like oh yeah well that defensive lineman just uh dragged him about five yards in the wrong direction you know that guy just hit the wrong gap and this and I'm like how the hell did he see that like he literally is not even watching the game and and so i i had to learn how to watch the game with him and now what i do is i have an earbud on the side of the room that he's (laughs) on that ear just block it out yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's smart i kind of block that much out but i do like when he has something to say i actually write it down because he really does see the game in a whole different way, you know, obviously than me because I don't play. But, I mean, he'll yell at me like, get your head out of your notes. Watch this. Watch the game. Get your head out of your <laughs> notes. He's watching just, soccer highlights. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you see, he can. He can do that and literally with one eye catch something. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been fun. We've been we've we're developing together. Okay, we're it's developing. Like your, it's like together. your pet Yurko. I mean, sometimes, sometimes yes. he has the floor. Sometimes he, he'll have to be taken out in the middle of the game, and, and you yeah. have to miss a, a little part of the game. Sometimes he wets the yes. floor. Yes. Well, listen, I have to get the TV set up every you know Sunday. Uh, I come in like forty five minutes early because it takes a freaking half hour to get those TVs set up in the conference room. And then uh, half the time I can't figure out where the game is, you know, because we don't have regular over-the-air TVs um, well, at the YouTube ESPN. TV, yeah. Yes, so it's highly annoying because yeah. they're not always on YouTube and, and, TV. And Yurko can't figure that out to save his life. No, he just goes like this. Get, get peg in YouTube TV. It's on YouTube TV. He I go, called me. No, no, you know what, Sherlock? Like, I know that, and I'm trying to find it. He called yeah. me three times over the weekend. Christmas Eve, Christmas day and then uh maybe twice on christmas eve and once on christmas day asking questions about his computer and i'm like finally i'm like dude i'm not the it department i was like i don't know i'm like call jody we have an it guy what's the matter with this and i'm like i don't know i have no idea Uh, it's christmas eve morning i'm sitting there and uh, i think i was like catching up on the the Bears game that I missed. I was like watching the Eagle game, and my face, um, my FaceTime starts going off, and it's here. I'm like, he must FaceTime. be butt dialing me. I'm like, why is he FaceTiming? So I pick it up, like, almost expecting that he did it on accident. He's like, hey, 
He's like, look at this. And he's showing me his computer. Why Why won't it come up? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? He and if you have and then he called me yeah. later that day. And then the next day, he called me yeah. again. And I'm like, you're Does I Carl do Jody. that to you, Chief? Does uh, yeah, I mean, Eddie do that to you? Uh, we'll, uh, maybe a little White Sox Dave will get uh, some White of that. Sox yeah, Dave. Yeah. He'll <laughs> refer him to somebody else. But it, it's unreal. Yeah. I think you were any of those calls be like, hey, Merry Christmas. No, not one. Of them. Like, not one of them. Just hey, have a you know. And then, oh, and then he showed me the lamb he bought for Christmas Day. Ooh, oh, look, that's nice. look yeah. I got ten pounds that's, of lamb for the nice. He walks over yeah. to the kitchen and he's showing me this lamb. Yeah. He's got like an entire side of lamb, like in these aluminum foil yeah. things, getting ready for Christmas the next so you day. Might I didn't know. No, I just wanted extent, you to know what I'm going to enjoy. That was the extent yeah. of the Christmas greeting. Yeah, yeah. he's. I have noticed he is he is um, food driven because if I bring in you know, um, like a lunch or food to snack on. Cause we're there, you know, from noon until, you know, yeah, six o'clock right. sometimes. And, and, uh, I'll bring in and he'll look over and go, y- you're going to share those. <laughs> you're going to yeah, share yeah, those by the chocolate way, really, pretzels. Really quick. Do you remember when he gave you a uh, crap about, uh, blowing out your tire on the, uh, uh the yeah, curb? you think, uh, huh. You know, he parks against the wall. We found this out, Carmine unhinged while you were gone. Okay. And you know how sometimes when a car, uh, especially in the summer, has the AC on and then it parks after a long drive and then it will leak yeah. from the uh, AC. Oh, condensation, yeah. 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 And then it will drip down yeah. and, and he's he's up on the hill. And, and every day, if you notice Yurko's pickup truck, there's always like a stream of wetness mm-hmm. coming down from it. We found out, Peggy, that he pees. Yep. Um, he pees <gasps> oh, in the parking always. garage every day. Every day. Okay, wait a second. Wait a he, second. he and I park next to each other. Yeah, every day. He forgets. <laughs> so you're telling me I should yes. get out of my car before he does? Yes. He's been <laughs> doing it for years. He forgets that he has to go to the bathroom when he leaves the office. Okay. And instead of doubling back into the office, which is just... 50 yards down from the parking garage, he'll just, he'll just pee next to his truck. He opens his door, and he kind of uses a the privacy wall. wall. A little privacy yeah. wall, and okay. then he'll pee up against the side. Yeah, and, like, then it, okay. and then it streams all the yeah. way down the, the garage. He's an animal. Can I, mean, I tell you something? You said he's been doing it for years? For years. It's legal. It's, is it now, legal? I think it's like, that's English common law. Like, if you've been doing something for years, and yeah, nobody, then, then, it's know, okay. then it's like you're, you're just written into the code. If you played in the NFL and you've been concussed a time or two and you forget to pee when you leave the office, it's legal. I think that's the rule. <laughs> so and, he and must have gotten upset. A, a number of years. Yeah. yeah. He, he must have gotten upset because I started parking right next to him. <laughs> no, he can't do it on Sundays after the game. I think he could probably still do it. He probably no, he always, he, he, we walked to the car together and then you know, wow, he gets he in and then he takes off and goes down, you know, the 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 aisle that says you cannot come in this way and ju- tries to do his shortcut to get out. And yeah, no, he takes off. Yeah, he's a special treat. Oh, yeah, it's been fun. But we will we will have the uh, post game show coming up on um, su- New Year's Day. Oh, that should be fun for both of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. That might be one of those hangover cures that Good we talked to about. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we will have that as well. And then um, don't forget, you can uh, always hear Barstool Chief on the Hockey Show on Saturdays after Peggy and Dion. Peggy and Dion is on from 11 to 1 and then followed by the Hockey Show with Barstool Chief and Pat Boyle as well. So, loved, what do you guys got coming up? Loved hearing you two together, yeah, by the way. Absolutely. Last couple of days was great. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk to Courtney Cronin. 
Bears, uh, Luca's historic night. We'll remember JD like you guys did. They're announcing the. This is the first ever award that they're doing. Or did they do one last year? I don't think they. The did. Good guy they've award. They've done the good guy award, and I don't know if it's been publicized yet that they're naming it after. They're no, oh okay, got gotcha. you. Yes, right, I got gotcha. after JD. Yeah, yeah that Fishman so, did say yeah. that. Oh, did he? Yeah. Good. Okay, yeah, Fishman yes. said it. I, yeah, and I think he even hinted he knows who, but they he just did. can't say yet. Yes, so. because the writers all vote on it, and there, right. there's. In the media room at Hallis Hall is a wall with a picture of JD, and it says the good guy award. That's great. I didn't know And that. so they we list guess, all the winners. We should guess, like, yeah, based on some of the interviews. Yeah. That we've seen in sound bites, who it would be. We'll try to guess who uh, who it's going to be, but that's going to be unveiled a little bit later today, and uh, we'll we'll talk about JD obviously. Cole Komet's uh, a good guy. Yeah, we'll say that. That's that, and that's a really good. That is okay. a good one. Yes, yeah. I, I like. He's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. Cole, that Cole Komet's Komet. a really good. Like that may yeah. be a tough one to beat. Okay, yeah, you may have that's gotten an excellent it, call. Mm, we'll really? We'll see. I was going to go more towards a Braxton Jones or a. That's Tevin a good Jenkins. one too. I was thinking Tevin. Yeah, because it's who who Who's is never media, like right? always talks to the media, right. doesn't try to go hide stuff like that. All right, we'll try to guess. I think Chief might have just nailed it. All right, all right, you guys, congratulations right. to Cole Komet. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I got to go through the roster. Braxton Jones is not a bad name that either. That is a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. all right, we're looking uh, forward to listening to you guys. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you Peggy. See you all guys. Right. You guys, uh, Carmen and Silva, you coming up next? Peggy of Barstool Chief. Have a great day, everybody. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Yeah, Sylvie and Carm together today and tomorrow. We're going to be on uh, for three hours into another bowl game tomorrow. We'll be on 10 to 1. We're going to 4 today. Then we're taking you to the Kansas-Arkansas game. Talk some Bears right now. At this time, every Wednesday, we get to chat with Courtney Cronin. Follow her on Twitter at Cor- uh, Courtney R. Cronin. And very uh, lovely words and tribute uh, that you put up on your Twitter timeline this morning, uh, honoring one year uh, ago today that we lost J.D. Courtney. That was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, oh, man, um, it's tough because I woke up in my apartment. This, I said I wasn't going to cry. Um, no, no, it's hard. <laughs> I woke up in my apartment this morning in Chicago a year ago at this time. I was living a completely different life. And, you know, I think about the last time that I was with Jeff. I think about every single door that he has opened for me um, when he was here on this earth and obviously in his passing. I mean, getting getting to be here, like, you know, filling an immeasurable void on this beat that he left. Um you know, there's not like a day that goes by that I don't think about him. You know, walking in the Hallis every day, I think about, you know, his sardonic way of covering <laughs> this team and his humor. And it's just, it's it's something that I think that we've had in common um, a lot. And I just, you know, I, I'm, I feel so blessed and lucky that I get to kind of follow what he started here. And especially with you guys at 1000. And it means a lot to me. Um just to see his memory honored by this team and Matt Eberflus, who, who had never met Jeff Dickerson to my knowledge, you know, starting his press conference today, talking about Jeff, talking about George and Sandy and Parker. And, um, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of JD. I've got my JD sweatshirt on from obvious shirts. There are a lot of those in the media room today and we're honoring Cole Komet or should probably shouldn't have said that little spoiler alert, honoring the media good guy award (laughs) here in in a little bit. And it's named in honor of Jeff. Um, 
he's just it's just a tremendous loss and a tremendous a tremendous void that will never be filled but um it really makes me happy when i see people talk about him still and just what he meant to the city what he meant to the bears coverage and you know i i feel really honored that i had a chance you know to 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 come home um, and and get to you know take over a beat that he, you know it meant so much to him and his coverage and obviously getting to work with you guys at one thousand um, it's meant a lot. Yeah, and you've done you've done so well. Um, how did you meet JD for the first time? And 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 was it an instantaneous connection? Yeah, so we like I started at ESPN in twenty seventeen when I was covering the Vikings. So of course you hear from everybody in your division right away and. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had grown up obviously in the area. I remember when he was working when it was ESPN Chicago and like reading his stuff there and hearing him in, in hoodie on the radio. Like I've hmm. told that story a lot that like, you know, I you know kind of grew up on Dickerson and Hood. And, you know, the first time I did a show with Jonathan during the pandemic when ESPN, like the national, we were doing five hour shows. That was like, the most starstruck I've ever been doing a show with him. And now, obviously, knowing Hoodie and seeing him in person, it's it's hilarious to think about that now. But, um, you know, J.D. was was one of a kind. And I owe so much of my career to him because there are a lot of people in this business who will stab you in the back or who won't help you. But when I came to him, you know, after a year of being, of being at ESPN, realizing that I wanted to get back into radio, you know, it was like, how can I help? Let me get you set up with this person in Bristol. Hey, when we're out there for the summit, I want you to meet with Mike Yurinaga. I want you to meet with these people and, and Justin Craig and all of that. He didn't have to do anything. Like he kicked open doors for me in ways that, you know, it just, it's just truly, you don't see that in this business that often. And he was such a good human being. And it's, you know, it's, I think about him in the media room because I know that like, it's, his humor, he'd be like, you know, why, why is cracking his way through this day, knowing that, you know, we're all feeling really heavy right now. And he'd be laughing at us saying, come on, guys, like, you, you guys, I can just hear his voice doing all of that. I'm like, I've been trying to not cry. I've been hearing his John Fox impersonation in my head all day. Um, and that's what, that's what this type of stuff that I hold on to, because People like him, people like Vaughn McClure, those guys don't exist that often. And I think the thing I've tried to carry on with myself the last 365 days is to be a little bit more like that, to be gracious, to try to help the next person along. Because there's a long lineage of us at ESPN that owe a lot. Myself, you know, especially with all the radio I've done and, and, and gearing my career towards, you know, being able to have a big part of that. That's because of Jeff Dickerson, um, and he didn't have to do that. He was—he's the reason that I'm, I'm in Chicago today. I wish, you know, it's bittersweet for me because I wish I wasn't in a way because that means he'd still be here and he'd still be alive because he was thriving. And um, I try—I try every day now, knowing that I have this immense responsibility to keep up the standard he set as being a teammate, a friend, a reporter you know, a compassionate person talking with guys after losses. Like, J.D. was never looking for a soundbite. He was somebody who knew how to ask questions the right way and knew how to do this job the right way. And if I can be an eighth 
of that, a tenth of that, whatever small percentage I could be, that I, I know I will have succeeded. Really well said, Courtney. And for all the crap that we give the Bears uh, above and beyond what they've done this last year or so and everything that they did at the stadium last year, everything that they've done at the facility now, um, renaming the award in his honor, really good on the Bears for all of that. Um, news of the day, anything uh, you want to share? I know it's kind of hard on a day like today. The Bears seem like, you know, and this kind of goes back to Monday and some of the things uh, Matt Eberflew said to you guys, I think, or maybe that was Sunday, I'm getting my days confused. No, Monday, I guess. But uh, when he talked about playing Justin and getting better, and they're, they're still kind of going out there trying to play to win these last couple of games, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the approach that they're going to take. I mean, it's it's certainly tough when, when the number one pick is in play, but you're never going to hear the coaching staff or players discuss that. That's something that very clearly, you know, that's a front office concern. And so I think when you are when you hear from Matt Eberflus that he had, you know, it wasn't even a question about Justin Fields and his health and him playing. And, you know, talking to Fields today, he said that, you know, his foot that got stepped on was swollen and bleeding yeah. for a couple of days, which I was, that's kind of an eyebrow raiser for me. I mean, just another example of how tough this guy is, but you know, he's going to play through whatever it is. They're not shutting him down. And I asked him at the end because, you know, we hear so much about morale with this team and that's, you know, it's a, it's a culture thing. It's something that this coaching staff has really tried to establish and the morale is relatively high for a team of three and twelve. And I asked Fields kind of like, what is, what's his role in this? Because when I when I covered Minnesota, Patrick Peterson, the cornerback up there, had this great term that he called cruising out. Like st- he wants to stay at cruising altitude, and that's how guys always say, never get too high, never get too low, remain level headed. And you know, no one's really ever gotten Fields' uh, approach on that about like what is his role in keeping morale high? Because you see a lot of quarterbacks get you know, frustrated and they wear their emotions on their sleeves. They're smashing tablets or taking their helmet and throwing it on the ground. Like, you know, it's like acting like a petulant child. And, you know, to to most of us looking at that, but for, for the rest of it, for everybody else, that's what a competitor is. Justin Fields is the ultimate competitor, but he doesn't do that. And I feel like that's the sort of stuff that, that kind of has a really strong effect on the rest of this locker room. And his quote, you know, that, that I thought kind of was just like really spot on is that, you know, he, nothing's going to be perfect. The amount of adversity that this team has faced, that he's faced in his last 27 games as a Chicago Bear, like, you can't worry about what happened the last game. He said, you know, quote, you've just got to move on and say F it and go play. And I think that that just sums up exactly where this team is right now and that, you know, if you win or lose, it may feel inconsequential, but, like, a win for this team, just to be able to do something to get over the hump, to say, mm-hmm. hey, we did it. We operated a two-minute drive. We scored in the low red zone. When the defense got a takeaway, we put up seven and not three. That's that's the incremental progress that they're hoping to see from this offense the next two games. Uh, Courtney, uh, I know what you said about J.D. Uh, there will never be another Jeff Dickerson, but what you said about being an eighth or a tenth, um, there, there aren't many Courtney Cronins out there, and we are very, very lucky to have you. And, and you have done an outstanding job for all of us in the last year, and you've been grace under pressure, and, and we appreciate you. It hasn't been easy, and just know that we all appreciate the work that you have done here at ESPN 1000. We love having you on our team. Thank you, guys. It means a lot. And I, you know, I just, I, holding his family, holding George and Sandy and Parker really close today, because it's, you know, it's a hard time of year to begin with, but it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to it's hard to think it's been a year mm. and 
Like, you know, I'm flying out to do first take the next two days, and I know that that opportunity does not come without what I've done in Chicago. And those doors were opened up for me by Jeff Dickerson. So um, I hope everybody, if you can get your hands on a bottle of Prisoner tonight yeah, or yeah, a glass, because I know exactly, exactly what I'm doing when I land in New York Absolutely. and honoring J.D. that way. Have a great New Year. Safe travels. And we'll talk to you next week, Courtney. Thank you, guys. Take Thanks. care. Okay. There's Courtney Cronin at Courtney R. Cronin. I'm going to text Flammy and tell him to put a bottle out. Yeah, I give right my now. credit card yeah. number right now. We're going the to cut tonight. Yeah. We're going, and the bottle will be on the table when we get there. For sure. It's Carmen and Yurko. Sylvie's in today with me. We're going to go all the way to four. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Carmen and Yurko till four. Sylvie's hanging with me today. We'll be in tomorrow, 10 until 1. We'll take you to the Liberty Bowl later, where Kansas is a small underdog looking for a seventh win, which is pretty good for Kansas in a single football season. Take Kansas. Uh, yeah, I don't think Arkansas has got much to play for in this game. I would agree. I don't have a position on this it. This is their Super Bowl. This is their Super Bowl. Yeah, and they're about to feel like I said they're a short underdog as it is. But I, I don't know that Arkansas, after a promising start, is all that excited to be playing on this year. December twenty eighth, Charlie. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I think so. Which never goes well for me. So. I, well, it's like greeny. Never goes well. The Why say this is? But then it never goes well. Well, I was. It, it looks you like I was, leaned into it. It looks like I was onto something with saying Jacksonville will win the win their division like back in week three. Uh, that's a good call. That's excellent. Um, I uh, I got to say that's one of the better ones because that looks like it's going to happen at this point. Uh, yeah. I'm riding with you, Charlie. I would agree with Charlie, though. I, I okay. would in this game. I, and, uh, you, you should have a betting podcast. Uh, maybe we should. Uh, odds yeah, couple will be up you, tomorrow. What do you know about Kansas football right now? Well, nothing other than the fact that I think for them it's a lot bigger of a game than it is for Arkansas. I, I think for Arkansas playing on December 28th, remember they were 5-3 and three at one point, and then they, 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 they were can, poo-poo Kansas down the stretch. Was Kansas was undefeated and... and yeah, but, it, but you know there's a difference in football between Kansas and Arkansas, Merck. I mean, for Kansas, this was a huge year. They had game day there at one point. Arkansas has a few guys uh, going pro and sitting this one out. Kansas is nobody going to the NFL. So, like, Kansas is rolling in here with yeah, pretty much they roll roster. in there with their roster. The coach has shown you that he's decent. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like if you want a little action on this one, why not? I kind of like Oregon later, but it's a lot of points to lay. I think North Carolina is, I mean, North Carolina played basically two good teams, uh, maybe maybe three, NC State, but like the two really good teams they played, Clemson and Notre Dame, they, they got their you-know-what kicked in in both of them. Yeah, but remember the Holiday Bowl is always that crazy yeah, tournament. Yeah, that's true. Where the, like, the, uh, the underdog always seems to compete. That is true, Merck. That's always a sneaky little, like that late, that game out on the West Coast that, all, that surprises the hell out of you in San Diego. That's true. Maybe that's why I'll stay away from that one ultimately. But I just don't think they're very good. I like their young quarterback, but I don't think as a team they're very good. Um, if you want to join us today, 312-332-3776. Coming up after 1 o'clock here, I want to play a bunch of stuff. Like, First of all, I was listening to you and Meller yesterday. It was nice to have Jarrett call in. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if somebody had reached out. or did, You made it sound like Jarrett just was he listening just to call. He that called, was great. I was telling uh, the story we were playing good guy, bad guy again yeah. based on... Uh, me seeing Justin Fields out, him interacting with my kids, and what a good guy he was, and like how you just you when you see someone that famous, you want them so badly to be good guys, 
And and he was, and he lived up to it. Like we want him to be the guy on the field and off the field so badly, and he was. And like I was telling so many, like Jim McMahon was the, like when I was growing up, he was a total jerk <laughs> I mean, to me and to so many people I knew. So many others. But Walter Payton was the exact opposite. And I was telling the story like Walter would have time for everybody, yes. and he was the only guy. And Jared heard that, and he ah, responded, and he called in. It was good to hear him. And this, maybe we should if we play it now. I mean, the the Rogers thing really surprised me. And I'm like, and it's easy to cheer against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think we all respect his talent, and he's one of the handful of greatest quarterbacks to ever play. But this surprised me. I got to be honest. I, and I was Play disappointed. Just listen to Jared uh, talking with uh, with Meller and uh, Silva yesterday. In 2014, we were man of the year. Aaron Rodgers was was up for the award. He didn't show up, and from what I heard is because he was with Olivia Munn, they could not get on a private jet to get to. They didn't want to fly commercial. So, like, the Packers, uh, Roger Goodell, were all super upset about it, and he never even showed for it. So I had a, a, a bad place in my heart with him, right? I met him a couple years later, NFL Honors, and I love meeting all the gold quarterbacks. And I thought, yo, I'm going to go up to him tell him who I am. I said, I'm Jared Payton. I'm Walter Payton's son. I'm a diehard Bears fan, but I respect you, like, for what you do, man. I love watching you play the game of football. And the dude just shunned me off, dude. He didn't, like, say, like, get out of here. He was just kind of like – Hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Took a picture with me, and it was, like, kind of odd. Two minutes later, Dak Prescott was in the back in the green room as well. He comes over to me, and my sister sits down with us and talks to us for about 15 minutes, just sitting down with us, having the conversations. So the fact that I don't like the Packers and have a bad place in my heart, Aaron Rodgers, thank you for doing that because that bad place is going to stay there for the rest of my life. So I appreciate it. Very surprised to hear it, especially when Jarrett would let, I mean, he seems so cognizant of the importance of Bears and Packers and the rivalry and the history of the NFL that he would just sort of be like to, to Jarrett, like, yeah, okay. okay. I'm, I was stunned to hear that. The most ironic part is the 2014 part of the story is it's for the NFL man, man of the of year. year. Named in honor. Man of the year. Like, that's for the way you comport yourself off the field. You know, what you give back, how you act towards people off the field. Named after Walter Payton, yes. yes. I was surprised. I mean, we heard the story a couple years ago. What do you, you know, the, well, first of all, I, I got to say, and we're remembering JD today, what he did for Parker was. Incredible, right? And like, and, I, I, I mean, incredible. And a I year have, ago, there are some really good stories about oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've heard some too. And then remember the story downtown I was about just the kid. Say. That kid called in last year too. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And like, I lean into it with Big Cat, and, and Big Cat like plays it up. It's hilarious. I, think, I actually think him and Big Cat are actually friends. I, I think you're right. And I, 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 I find Aaron Rodgers as much as I'm a meathead with Bears Packers to be super interesting. Um. As much as a meathead, like I, I do too. I'm with you, uh, and and I briefly had a uh, sort of uh, familial tie to him, and and it was like not I shouldn't say familial, but he was very very close with someone in my and my wife's family uh, while he was married to Shailene Woodley, and that lasted for like six months. But the reports I was getting back were very positive. Was he married to Shailene Woodley, yeah, or they were engaged. I don't know. Oh. They might not have been married, but no. they were a couple, and they were. Right. I think they were engaged for a brief period of time, but they were with my wife's cousin basically every day for like six months. 
and I was hearing good things um, about, yeah, uh, about he seems him. Like, he seems like he could be a fun dude. Uh, yeah, that's exactly like what I... And so I was surprised to hear Jared tell... And I was upset about it. I'm like, you can't look down on Jared like that when he comes up. He's like, hey, I'm Walter's son. It's an honor and it's a pleasure to meet you. You better be respectable. Um, so that was crazy. I got some other fun stuff I want to play with you, Sylvie, including something I haven't even heard yet. Yes. The Buck Van Pelt stuff from I Monday night. I want you to... Because oh, I have an opinion about this. I want you... To give me your opinion. We could go into detail about this, and I want I want our fans to give their opinion on this. Okay, I want to play it and react to that coming up next. 